thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, for those of you visiting for the first time, a uh, special welcome to you, and thank you for joining us. And for those uh, who are watching online, uh, thank you for being with us this morning. We are continuing in our series, The Chase. Uh, and so just to, to break this down a little bit, the reason why we are even talking about anything of what we're talking about is how it aligns with our mission statement. So here at Press Church, if you go out in the lobby, you'll see a phrase that says, we want to make a difference in this community. And we say that. We say we want to make a difference in this community by, and that first one is by pursuing God. The second one is communing with believers. And the third one is influencing unbelievers. And so this series particularly, called The Chase, we are focusing on pursuing God. That's, that's the whole thing, pursuing God, this chasing after God. And so we're going to continue in that today. Uh, I have a question for you, though. Um, can you think of, when you were growing up, what was like the one thing that you couldn't stand doing that your parents told you to do? Laundry. Do the laundry. What, what is some, I mean, just thinking about what is like that thing that your parents would tell you to do, your mom or your dad, or somebody would just say, hey, you've got to do this. It just Behave. <laughs> I like, this is good. We've got some honesty coming out of here. Gather eggs. Okay. I didn't have to deal with that one. Anybody else raised on a farm? Gather eggs, milk the cows? No. So mine's, mine's kind of funny. Um, it, and so this is the funny thing, too. My parents are in the room right now, so I have to be, I have to be a little careful. So I don't know if there's any else, anybody else here. Anybody else here hate bananas? Anybody don't like bananas? I'm not a big banana fan. And growing up, you know, good for my parents. You know, they made us eat our fruits and our veggies, and they, they really cared about us eating, eating good. I just hated bananas. And so myself, the sneaky bad person that I am, I would you know, take the banana, and I would kind of walk away, and I would go into the bathroom, and I'd wrap it with toilet paper and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> and no one knew, it, it, you know, it's, no one knows, right? I mean, no one knows if I'm eating or not. Well, unfortunately, my sister decides, because she didn't like bananas either, to throw it in the trash. And if you know anything about my mom, she hates wasting food. Like, mom, like she will, she'll make you eat everything, or she hates wasting food. And so she somehow, I don't know if she was emptying the, the, the bathroom trash can or something, finds this unused banana or uneaten banana in the, in the trash can. And, of course, my sister rats me out that I've been putting him down the, the toilet. And so both of us get in trouble. 
And it's just, it's a mess. So then my secret was out, and then I had to start eating my bananas. What does this have to do with the message today? You may be wondering. I just want to tell you a silly story. No, I, no, it, it does have to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I think oftentimes we look at the things that God asked us to do as, as how I viewed eating bananas. We see things that God asked us to do as things that we don't want to do. I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I see something in scripture and I'm going to, you know what, eh, I, I don't really have to do that. Or I don't really want to do that or I'm going to find a way to do that. And so today we are going to be talking a little bit about obeying God. What does it look like to obey God? Why would we obey God? And why is it so hard to obey God sometimes? Uh, if you're new with us today, so every week, uh, myself, Pastor CR, and J Pastor Jason, we hop in the car and we start talking about uh, the sermon for the day. So let's take a look uh, at this first video. What is this all about, Sean? What is, like, <laughs> you keep telling us to listen to God and listen to, like, to do God. do these things. Repent. I don't know. Repent. Repent. <laughs> well, what are, you, what are you actually trying to tell us here? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, obviously, the series is called The Chase. We talked about, you know, we talked about this every week, The Chase. And the main heart of it is pursuing God. And in conjunction with our mission statement, like that's really the whole reason that we're doing this series, particularly is we talk about making a difference in this community. Uh, the first step we see in doing that is pursuing Christ. It goes beyond just being a religious act that I do. Yeah, it's it's giving up something that I want to pursue what I need. Yeah, I mean that's a. And, and the, the, the tough part is you don't actually know what you need. Uh, right. Are you willing to trust God that he knows what you need? Well, I mean, as long as it matches what I want. Based <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, your honest. <laughs> if yeah, we can start from there, yeah. there's, some, there's some value in honesty. So when you're talking about, you know, things like obedience and sacrifice, there is such a thing as a religious practice, right? A, a practice of anything. Right. If I go practice, I don't know, even me practicing golf, and I am terrible at it, but if I practiced, I would probably get better, right? And so there's this, this practical application of practice. Yeah. So a religious practice is helpful, if I think about that. So I played sports in high school. And you can go through the motions in practice. Like, yeah. you can go there and you can get by. And you really don't get the benefit out of it that you would if you applied yourself. Uh, I think about, you know, lifting weights. It's like, all right, you can do your 10 reps, but it's usually in those five extra that you do that you're actually really getting gains. Mm -hmm. It's in those those last couple that are that you think you can't do that that actually has the most benefit to your growth in those areas and I do I think that's a, a good maybe comparison to our walk is we can do these things and there will be some maybe spiritual benefit to them but it's in those sacrificial spaces those ones that really stretch you hurt and stretch, stretch you yeah. that we see the most fruit from there are times where I do make a sacrifice, like, and I know, and it hurts, <laughs> you know, like it right. costs me, right. but it's because ultimately 
what I'm sacrificing for is more important than what I'm giving up. And, and that's where we have to make those decisions every day. Yeah, that's good. So what is it about obedience that we are opposed to? Why don't we like to obey? I, I think for most of us it may stems from a, a desire to be in control. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want you telling me what I have to do. I want to be my own boss. I want to be, you know, I, I want to do it my way. And uh, if we look in Scripture, we see a, a really simple yet powerful verse I want, I want to start with today. It's in John 14, verse 15. It says this, if you love me, keep my commands. So Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to his disciples. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. Now, we could make the argument that uh, he's talking to the disciples here. So, you know, that was specific to them. So that's, that's just for those, those people. And, and I would say, all right, well, let's go like seven, six verses down in 21 and where it says this, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Well, that's out the window. So now we, now everybody, that's everybody who has his commands and keeps them loves me. That's pretty straightforward to me. Uh, I, I think I'm done for the day, right? If you love God, you keep his commands. Time to go to lunch now, is that good? Okay, I guess I had to prepare more than that. Jesus has a way of saying something that seems so simple. It comes off simple, it's very, it's very simple, but yet has so many layers to it. And we talked about the great command, love God, love others, it sounds simple. In practicality, it's one of the hardest things to do because it involves us being humble. It involves us being a servant. It involves us thinking of somebody else more than we think of ourselves. And we have a tendency, I think, to fall into things where we do something that works for us. You know, you do you. If it works for you, no, that's good. You find, you know, what, what feels comfortable, what it's kind of natural to you, and we'll do that. And so when we're, if, if we read scripture, if we get that far, we'll find verses that really just, man, that speaks to me. I'm, I'm all about that. I can do that really good. And we'll, we'll do that, but then there's another verse that, well, that's not as natural to me, so I don't, I don't, I don't think that applies. And we have that tendency. Even in life, outside of scripture, just in life in general, it's, it's about us. What is natural to me? What, what feels good to me? I think we have to ask ourselves, are my actions just me doing what I want? Or am I doing this because it's truly what God wants of me? I think we do have to, to ask that question. Because there may be good things that we do, but at the end of the day, is it me and my will? Or is it God and his will. And so to, to help us today, I, I did a lot of work doing this, uh, so you guys don't have to do as much work. I looked up, just in the New Testament, I looked up all the commandments just in the New Testament, and there's about a little over a thousand commandments just in the New Testament. I put together a PDF for you guys, all right? And so we're, I'm going to have a QR code come up here, and you guys, I'm joking. But 
that's the thing. Like, if we look in Scripture, there are commands. There are things that it says. There's things that it, that it talks about. And, and we have a tendency to pick and choose. And I, I want you to hear me out on this. I am not trying to take some legalistic approach here, okay? This is not like, well, if you don't do all these commands perfectly, you've, you'll lose your salvation or you're not saved. No, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about it like that. But I am saying this, and this is my first point today. Scripture reveals God's heart. Scripture reveals God's heart. If we, if, if we are pursuing God, we're talking about the chase, all right? So if we're pursuing God, how do we know what is close to God's heart? How do we know the things that he desires? And we see it revealed in Scripture, in reading scripture, there, there's a song, uh, this worship song, and the bridge of it, it says, break my heart for what breaks yours. And I, just, I think that's such a, a beautiful, you know, picture that we can, you know, even pray for ourselves. God, what breaks your heart? What are the things that is close to your heart? And how can I align myself to that? How do I align my heart to that? We won't truly be pursuing God if we don't know what he desires. And, and think about it. Think about a, a special person in your life, a significant other, a spouse, best friend. What means more to them? You loving them in a way that's natural for you or you showing love to them in a way that you know means something to them? Like, uh, my wife, for instance, my wife is a quality time person. She likes quality time. It's not just, you know, it's, it's intentional time together. So I could, I could go to the store and get some flowers. And she loves flowers, but it's not, it's not number one. So I could go to the store, get some flowers, and bring it home. And she, oh, that's so sweet. Thanks for thinking of me. But if I come home and I say, hey, do you want to go for a walk? That. That will make her feel even more loved because I've now spoken specifically to something that means something to her. Now it's technically it's easier. I can stop by the store on the way to work, hop in, couple bucks, grab it, go home. Oh, I'm a great husband. Yay, we're all happy. Ah, but now now what do I have to do? I have to go home. I have to take time in the heat walking outside with all the cottonwoods falling and my allergies start, you know, going. I'm sneezing and my eyes are watering, and, but I'm loving my wife, right? <laughs> Everybody with allergies is like, yes. But do, do we see the point in that? God has things that is close to his heart. God has things that he has told us and that are important to him. And if we aren't pursuing those things, and we truly aren't pursuing him, we, or if we are, we're, we're doing it kind of in a lackluster way. And I have to be really careful. Again, I, I think we have a tendency to go into this really legalistic space with this message. And I don't, I don't mean that. Like, well, God, God loves you, okay? And if you question that, Look at the cross. Like, he died for you. He loves you. He sacrificed for you. And there's grace. But if we're being honest, again, about the point of this, this pursuing God, we have to say, okay, what is, what is close to God? In uh, 1 John 5, 3, 
it repeats this theme. So later down in the New Testament, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Not burdensome. This really stood out to me. I was looking through, you know, all right, when does he talk about commands? And yet we see this all over uh, scripture. If you love me, keep my commands. You, you see it many times. You see it again here. And it has this caveat, and his commands are not burdensome. And that really stood out to me because I think a lot of us, you know, think of it like I thought of the banana. Like it is a burden to eat that banana, <laughs> and I don't want to do it. And I, I think we think of that. And when we read scripture, we see something that's like, oh, that's, that's a burden. This word burdensome, it means that they're not oppressive. Not oppressive. So God's commands for us are not oppressive. I think there's, a, there's this thought that by following God, we are bound to do all these things that we don't want to do. And that we're ultimately not free. And I think this is where, this is where we start pushing back a little bit. I don't really want to do that. I'm not free. Freedom's a big word for us. And I don't have the time to dig into all of the layers of freedom and different things, and I don't have time for all that. But when we think of freedom, we think of no restraints, no restrictions, right? We're free to do what we want when we want to do them. But usually what happens is when we're able to do what we want, when we're left to our own advice, we get to do what we want, the outcome isn't actually freedom, but us being bound to another power. Let's think about that. When we are left to our, device, our own devices, we, we do what we want, but in doing what we want, we end up bound to something else and we are now no longer free. Think about, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm free to take a drink. And maybe you have a problem with alcohol, and you shouldn't be taking that one drink, but you're free to take that one drink. And then a couple hours later, you're on drink five, and drink six, and drink seven. And now you are not free. You are now bound and a slave to that alcoholic beverage. So you maybe started with freedom to make a decision, but you are now bound to that. And I don't know what it is in your life. I'm just using that as an example to say, our freedom and this construct of us being free is, is, is really tough to, to wrap our heads around how it actually works. Because by doing the things we want to do, we tend to move in that direction. We tend to move to actually being a slave to something else. I mean, I think about it. So this, this last week, my family, um, my wife and my kids, they went down to Charlotte to visit uh, her parents. So I had the week to myself. And this guy turns into a bachelor, right? Not doing the dishes, sleeping, you know, watching movies, all these other things. You could say I was free to do what I wanted to do, but what happens? I degraded as a human being. <laughs> You're lucky I washed my hair and dressed myself properly, right? Actually, it's funny. I was extremely busy this last week. But nine times out of ten, when they leave, I become a, a, a bum. So, but it's that. Those, those structures, those confi the, like the, the, 
the borders of having my family there and knowing, all right, well, my kids are going to wake up at this time, and I have to do this for my wife, and I have to do, like, I have to be a responsible human being. You can say, I'm not free. I'm bound by all this stuff, but in reality, it's actually good for me. Huh. Let's take a look at this verse in Psalms 119. It's verse 33 through 35. It says this, teach me, Lord, the ways of your decrees, that I may follow you to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I will find delight. And then I want, I, I'm jumping to verse 45 here. So this is 33 through 35, and then verse 45. And it says this, I will walk in freedom, for I have sought your precepts. So we're seeing this, this, this idea in Scripture here. There's a celebration of his commands. Your, your commands keep me on a path. Direct me. I find delight in that. So what we think we want or need in that freedom there is actually ends up getting us where we don't want to. But when we're in line with God's commands, when we're in line with him, we are on a path. And, and there's freedom in that. Does, I walk about in freedom because of that. I found this story of a kid who, some of his one of his neighbors had some puppies. So he went over and he was playing on the rug with these puppies and he's loving it, whatever. And then another neighbor has some kittens and so he's going over playing with kittens and he goes, goes to his mom and says, I, I really want a pet. Well, the unfortunate part of this kid is he had allergies. And so she knew, I, I can't get him a dog and I can't get him a kitten and so, she goes out and she, she buys a fish tank for him and she, she buys some fish. And so, you know, they, they go get the fish, they got the fish tank. And a couple days later, you know, the mom goes to the son, hey, how, how do you like your fish? And he goes, well, they're kind of boring. He's like, I, I took them out and I was playing with them on the rug and they just, they just kind of stopped moving. And and she goes, they need to stay in the water. And you could look at that fishbowl like it's, you know, it's a jail cell. He can't, oh, he, they're, they're, they're in there. They need to get out. They need to be free. Let them loose. Let them go. Let's put them out where we can have fun and play. And yet in doing that, what happens? They die. That freedom that they had killed them. I think for us, we have, to, we have to view God's commands in the same way. When we follow God's commands, we're in line with God's commands, we're in the best place that we can be. We're in the safest place that we can be. And when we go outside of that, what does it lead to? It leads to death. My second point is this, the most beneficial environment for the human heart and soul is in service to God. The most beneficial environment for the human heart and soul is in service to God. It's the safest place we can be. And true freedom isn't about finding the least amount of restrictions, but the right ones. True freedom is not about finding the least amount. It's 
excuse me, it's finding the right ones, the ones that actually lead to a full and purposeful life. And where do we find that? We find that in the word of God. We find that in God and his commands for us. You know, in the video, J Jason made a statement. He says that I have to believe that what I'm sacrificing for is more important than what I'm giving up. And I, I think that's something that we all maybe have to come to grips with a little bit is, all right, what, what do I want? Do I want to pursue God? If you don't want to pursue God, then you can scrap all of this. But if you want to pursue God, this might be something that we have to, to think about and work through. And I think that working through, we talk about this like this wrestling. This relationship with God is a constant wrestling. It's a constant saying, that goes against what I want or what is natural to me. But you say that there's life in this. You say that there's goodness in this. But it's hard. Ugh. And so you're stuck in this thing of what, it's like Apostle Paul, I do what I don't want to do, and the things I want to do, I don't do, and it, it, we're like that. There's things that we, we say we want to do, but my flesh, oh, I don't know. It's too much. And this, this idea of sacrifice, it indicates us losing something. But by be, being obedient, we get to take part in the blessing of what God is doing. And I think that's, that's something we miss. We miss maybe the byproduct or what comes with us being obedient to God. We, we, we see the how I don't want to do that. We don't see how now I am aligned to, to bless somebody's day or I am uh, more cognizant of the people around me, which allows me to love others easier, which is now fulfilling the things that God is asking me to do, to be beneficial to my neighbor, to be beneficial to the people around me. And by doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm actually loving God that way too because now I'm being obedient to him. And wow, this is all coming in line and this is great and I'm seeing good things. Like that's, that's where we need to be if we want to pursue God. I, I don't know if many of you know, some of you guys have heard the story. So I, I used to work in the music industry I produced bands and recorded bands and worked with audio and did all sorts of stuff. Uh, CR did as well. We've known each other for years. Uh, we used to do audio together. But I would, I would work with these bands. These bands would come into the studio. I need to tell more studio stories. I've got some stories. I, I need to work those in more. But I, I had these bands come in the studio all, from all over. The, all over. And it was, it was always the same thing. Oh, we're going to make it big, and we're doing something new, and, you know, and I'm, all right, I'll hit record, all right, cool. Now it's terrible, do it again, you know. And it, it, uh, <laughs> it got to the point, like, I, I would ask the band, I'm like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? And you'd, you'd get cliche, oh, we want to tour, and, you know, we'll do this. And I'm like, okay, so, so you, you want to do that. All right, what if I told you that, like, 90% of tours don't make money. Does that sound fun to you? Oh, well, well we're going to do it away. We're going to make money. Okay, uh, okay cool. Uh, gotcha. You and your 200 followers on Facebook are going to make, okay. All right. I, I got it. But I would ask them, like, what, what do you want? And then the question is, what are you willing to do to get what you want? Because uh, a lot of us, we, we say that. Oh, I want that. I want to make a million dollars. I want that car. 
I want that job. I want whatever. But what are we willing to do to get there? And we can, we can convince ourselves that our way is actually going to get it. I mean, like I said, all these bands, they, well, we're doing it. We're doing this, and we got these local shows, and it's going to, and I'm telling you, I'm like, all right, guys, maybe you'll be like the .002% band that actually makes that work for you, but let me tell you how it really goes. If, if you want to make a living doing this, here's what's going to happen. And you're probably going to go through like four or five different band members because you're going to get on tour, and you're going to fight, and you're going to not know how to, you know, live with each other, sleeping in a van down by the river. And you're not going to know what to do, just eating ramen dry. And you know what I mean? Like these things, these, these sacrifices that they have to do, they're not going to make it through. Because you start telling them, hey, if you actually want to make it, here's, here's what happens. Here's the path. And now all of a sudden, oh, yeah. Or you tell them, yeah, your music's not going to sell. It's a niche. Like, you can have your niche, you know, all your music creativity. Hey, that's fine. There might be a small population that likes that. But there is something that sells and sells currently. And so if you're just about making it big, then are you willing to change your music? Oh, no, no. Our music's awesome. They're going to love it. They just need to hear it. They just need to hear it. Or they just need to see us live. It's always the same thing. But as funny as this is, we, we do this. We have ideas of what we want or say things that we want to do, and we don't really know what it takes to get there, or we're not willing to do what it takes to get the result. And so my last point is this. Our pursuit of God is evidenced by our willingness to obey him. Do you want to pursue God? Do I want to pursue God? And if I want to pursue God, what am I willing to do? Am I going to make the rules fit what's natural to me? Or am I going to seek the heart of God? And what, is that, what does that mean I have to do now? Well, that means oh, I guess I have to go to church because, you know, we, we, we hear about Scripture in church and we hear about God in church. And it's probably good for me to do that because... I'll learn more about God, and I'll know him better. And by knowing him better, then I, I'm, I'm loving him better. And not so that he loves me better. This is, not a, this is not transactional. He loves you. I already said that. But if we want to see ourselves grow, if we want to see ourselves know God better, then these are the things. So let's recap. <clears throat> we see God's heart revealed in Scripture. This is where we find what God wants us to do and what he cares about. The second thing is God commands provide the most beneficial environment for our spiritual health and growth. This lack of freedom is actually the best place that we can be because we have someone who loves us and cares for us. There's a safety in that. When I'm doing something for somebody who I know has my best interest, now those hard things that they're asking me to do, I know and I can trust that there's good in that. And then lastly, obedience is a necessary element to pursuing Christ. And that is my challenge for us today, that we would pursue Christ by being obedient to what he has. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for... Uh, these, these tensions that we have to work through, 
uh, putting away the things that we desire sometimes or putting away the things that we think is good for us and submitting them to you and giving them to you and then being willing to be obedient to you. You know, earlier in the series, we talked about listening. God, I pray that through this listening, that we would actually be listening and there would be an action of this obedience. So God, I pray that you would be close to each of us this week, that we would feel your presence, that you would give us the strength that we need to be obedient, God, that you would lead us in that, that you would give us grace when we screw it up or don't do it well, and we know you will. So we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for everything that you're doing in this church, in this community, and individually for all the people here and watching, God. We love you, it's in your name we pray, amen. Well, please stand and join us as we continue in worship.